I'm so excited to start this new series with you guys and just think about this word, Emmanuel. And I know that, you know, if you're unchurched, if you've not been to church before, that might be a word that maybe you've heard before or seen on a church sign or something like that. But the word literally means God with us. I'm not sure there's a more meaning-packed or powerful word ever. God with us. Is there, is there any greater sign of God's love for you and for me than the fact that he left his throne in heaven and came to be with you and me. There's nothing like a friend showing up for you at just the right time. Have you ever been there? Where it's like, man, at just the right time when you needed it the most, a friend was there. Uh, a few weeks ago now, I was cutting down some trees in my backyard and I, I, my backyard is a big hill right? It's pretty steep. And there was a couple of dead trees. And, and of course, as a dad, I don't want them to fall on my kids. And so it's just a chance for me to get out the chainsaw and, and feel really manly, right? And so I get out the chainsaw and I, I notch that tree and, and I'm, I'm about to, to, to fall the tree. And, and so I, I make my other cut and, and it starts to just barely tip the wrong direction, right? Have you ever been there? And so I just stop and I'm like, you know what? I need some help because I was home alone, super smart. Um, and so what do I do? I call my friend Kip and I'm like, Kip will know what to do. Kip can come help me. And so sure enough, Kip uh, happened to be leaving the house at that time. He drives right over. Um, Kip's a roofer. And so he had ropes in his truck and we threw some ropes on the tree and got it tied off. And Kip looks at it and he's like, Joe, I don't think there's a problem. Keep cutting. And so sure enough, we cut. Tree falls right where we wanted it to fall. Uh, but it was just good to have Kip there for me, right? It's so good to have a friend and, and how much better I felt just knowing that my buddy was there and that if this all goes south and the tree lands on the house, at least we did it together. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> I'll just blame Kip. So fast forward a couple weeks later and I get a phone call from Kip's wife. And she's like, Joe, Kip is stuck on a roof. A wind gust came and blew the ladder over and Kip can't get down. But Joe, Kip would never call you. So I'm calling you to go be there for Kip. And uh, unfortunately, I was, uh, I was on my way to downtown Cincinnati for a hospital call, I believe. And I was like, I can't come. And so I got on the phone and I'm like, I'm, I told Melissa, hey, so head call Josiah, the guy that was up here with me today. And Josiah went and helped. But there's nothing like sometimes when you just have to have a friend. You got to have somebody to be there for you. Long ago before Jesus came, 800 years before, Isaiah prophesied in, in Isaiah 7:14, And he said, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
800 years later, Jesus shows up on the scene. We were talking about this in Youthless last Wednesday night, and some of the boys were like, why did it take so long, right? Why did it take so long? Because some of, sometimes we're like, I need a friend now. I need somebody there for me right now. But for whatever reason, in God's providence, Jesus came at just the right time. And so in this series, we're going to unpack the ramifications of this truth that God is with us. And we're going to ask ourselves really hard questions like this one. Does my life or does your life reflect this truth that God is with you? Yes, even then, wherever that is, at work or on the sidelines of your kid's game, can I get an amen? Is God with you there? Is he with you in traffic? Is he with you during that, that spousal disagreement, right? And so today we're gonna look at humble beginning, beginnings. Humble beginnings. Life has a way, doesn't it, of humbling you? I don't know about you, but the, the older I get, it feels like I have more chances to be humbled, right? When you're young, you feel kind of invincible and you're just going through life like, hey, nothing can touch me. But then as you get older and you actually, you know, put yourself out there and go through experiences and you lead and, and you step out and you're, you're the one people are, are counting on, sometimes you just get humbled. There's nothing more humbling than birth, though, I think, and all the ladies can just say amen, right? As a husband, I know that I felt incredibly helpless the first time we went to the hospital in the middle of the night, and uh, you know, Jason was coming. We didn't think he was coming. It was five and a half weeks early, but Jolie was not feeling good. Uh, she felt like she was in labor, so we drive to the hospital. We get there, and, 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 and the, the attendants say, you know, they, they put on some medicine, and they're, they're like, well, we, we could be here for two weeks. You know, we're just going to maybe keep her on this medicine and, and, and pray the baby doesn't come. And, I, and so what did I say as a good and loving husband when I heard that? All right. I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah, I, I was really young and dumb. And so I went to McDonald's, you know, and left my, my wife and my mother-in-law there at the hospital. And as soon as I took one bite of that biscuit sandwich, I get a phone call. And they're like, Joe, you better get back here. The baby's coming. Like, now! Emergency C-section. And so I run back over to the hospital. And, and man, there's, there's nothing more humbling than my wife. She's in pain. She's scared. And she had a C-section. So what do they do? They strap her arms down. And she's shaking from the medicine. And it's just humbling to have no control. Your wife is strapped to the table, can't move. And you're just completely helpless. It's humbling. And then what do they do? They take this beautiful, you know, newborn baby and they thrust them into the arms of two highly unqualified adults that have no idea what they're doing. It's a humbling experience, right? And then we get old and, and we get all put together and, and we look dignified on the outside and we portray an image to people around us that is anything but humble, right? Some people, you know, that you see in life, you, you even start to wonder, were they ever born, right? You can't imagine certain people as a baby because they're so stiff and put together and stingy and stuck up and, and just, right? You have some people in your life, I know you got a picture, there's somebody in your life that you just think, man, I don't think they were ever, they've, they've just always been, right? But there are some things throughout, you know, throughout life that remind you of your limitations and, and put you in your place a little bit. 
You know, another experience that I went through that did this for me was being in another country, you know, for the first time. Or being in a country where I was learning the language. And so when you're learning a new language, you don't understand much and you make mistakes all the time and you look stupid. And then as you learn, people laugh at you, which just feels awesome, right? And so you just gotta just get over yourself, not take yourself too, too seriously. But one, one day, me and my, my buddy Rusi, Rusko, I was in Bulgaria and he was my roommate and, and he, he spoke a little bit of English, but not much, which was really good for me learning Bulgarian. And so we're walking down the street and we're, we're just, I'm, I'm throwing out things to him that for him to help me learn how to say them and that kind of thing. And so, and for, so, for some reason we were on the topic of weather. And so, you know, he told me how to say it's raining. And so I'm saying it's raining in Bulgarian, Velidusht. And he's saying it, and I'm saying it, and we're going back and forth, and, 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 you know, it's sunny. And other people are walking by us on the sidewalk just staring because these two guys are just saying it's raining back, to, back and forth to each other, and, um, and they thought we were nuts and crazy, right? And I can only imagine what it was like for Joseph and Mary when people look at them, and, and they, they, they're trying to figure this thing out and she's pregnant and they're like Joseph what what's the deal you're not married yet and they're looking at them like they're crazy like they did something wrong and all kinds of times you go through life when you get humbled people are looking at you like what is wrong with you have you ever been there and so think about Joseph and Mary in this new season of life she's with child her, she's had dreams and visions. Joseph has dreams and God's, God's told them, you know, hey, this is all good. Joseph, don't leave Mary, stay together. They were young, but they loved God. I wanna encourage you this week and over the next couple of weeks to read the first couple of chapters of Matthew and Luke. And you'll see really quick that obedience came before understanding. Obedience came long before understanding. And, and I can only imagine how humbling it was for Mary to walk through these experiences alone, seemingly. We know that her aunt Elizabeth was very supportive of her because she was going through something very similar with the birth of John the Baptist in her belly. But life is humbling. And People don't always understand what you're going through or get why your life is the way it is. And, and so in many ways that we can relate to their story. But if you could turn to Luke chapter two today, we're gonna get into our text. The basis of this is that there was a census. That's what it says in, in verse number one of Luke chapter two. And, and so uh, Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. Translated, they had to go to Bethlehem to pay taxes, right? And so this was an inconvenience. It wasn't something they were excited to do. And so they were going about life and they were going back to the, the birthplace of their ancestor, King David, right? And so they were going there to pay taxes. And so they weren't excited about it. Mary was very much with child. She, any day now she could be delivered. And so you can only imagine the discomfort. They're traveling, they get there. There's no room in the inn. So they have to stay in the stable. And that's where we find ourselves in verse six. It says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snuggly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, 
there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, heard, and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So what humbles us? What humbles us? Not having enough. Maybe you're feeling that this Christmas season and COVID, maybe new job, it's not making ends meet. Not measuring up to other people's expectations. Failure, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say, not being in control, not understanding, feeling dumb. What humbles us? Well, I can only imagine there was a lot humbling about the experience of Mary and Joseph in this passage. And so what do we learn from this? Number one, in your notes, if you wanna fill in the blanks, humble beginnings don't mean that God's not with me. As you read this passage, you see God all over it. You see him in the, the host of, 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 of the angels that meet the shepherds in the fields. You see it in, in how God was leading Mary and Joseph. You see that Mary's keeping all these things in her heart and she's, she's storing them in her heart because it's encouraging her that God is real. And so all over the place we see that humbling beginnings don't mean that God is not with me. What does it say? And while they were there, underline that word there, the time came for her baby to be born. I can only imagine that Mary was like, seriously, now? Here, this is not what I had planned. Outside of the comfort zone, not at home, not with family, not with the right people. You know, the shepherds probably weren't on her list of people that she wanted to come see the baby first. Can I get an amen? These stinky guys that hadn't had a shower in weeks. Humble beginnings though, don't mean that God's not with you. In fact, a lack of contentment, and think about this in your life. A lack of contentment, a lack of perceived needs is actually a really good environment for God to show up in your life. It would be tempting for us in our circumstances to think that, and, and in the current climate of our nation with the politics and the pandemic and, and everything that's going on, it would be tempting to think that this would be a difficult or bad time for great things to happen or for God to do something special in your life. But you have to look at stories like this and understand that even in these really tough moments, God really wants to work in your life. 
And so you ask yourself the question, God, in this really tough time in my life, in this, this thing that is humbling me, that's breaking me down, that's showing me that I don't know what to do and I don't have what it takes. Man, dedicating Jaden this morning just reminds me of, of all the times when our kids were little that I had no clue, right? That it was humbling. I, was, I had to ask for help. And it's in those times that God wants to show up big. And what do you think about, about this? That at the moment when no one would make room for Jesus, he came. At the moment when no one wanted to make room for Mary and Joseph and, and for the, the baby to be born, he came into a moment just like that. Humble beginnings don't mean that God's not with you. Are you making room for Jesus in your life? If you're not, if you look at your calendar and, and your finances and your, your talents and your time and where you're putting it, and there's no room for Jesus, you know, if it, and so if there's no room for Jesus in your life, I just wanna encourage you, no problem. He might show up anyway. He might show up at the time when you least expected it. He might show up in your life and, and show you something and show you his grace like you never expected it. Some of you think, Joe, I haven't, I haven't lived a life worthy of God's love. I haven't, I haven't done things that honor God. Or, or man, there's a really tough you know, experience in my house. And, and I don't think God can approve of, of what's going on at home right now. And, and I, Joe, I'm just in a tough spot and I don't know what to do. I just want to encourage you. Jesus came straight into a moment where there was no room for him. And so he wants to, to step into your life no matter what is happening. No matter what kind of sin you're carrying, no matter what kind of baggage you're carrying, no matter what kind of hurt or heartache you're carrying, he's saying, hey, I can go there too. I can show up. Because humble beginnings don't mean that I can't be with you. A humble life with God beats a glamorous life on our own all day long. So the, the humble times are good times. Because all that you have in the hands of a mighty God is greater than all that you have in your own hands. And so what do we do? We take these circumstances, all this stuff that we don't understand, this, these things that are humbling us, and we say, God, what are you doing in my life? John 3.30 says that he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Luke 14.11 says something similar. It says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so we see from the experience of Mary and Joseph, we see from these verses that it's a good thing to go through humble times and to say, I don't understand. And God, what are you doing in my life at this time? Number two, we see that humble beginnings aren't just for some people. Humble beginnings aren't just for some people. What's our text say? It says that night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby. This is who God chose to show up to. This wasn't the expected you know, person to show up to. This, they, they were on the, 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 the bottom of the earthly food chain. Who else do we see in the passage? We see Mary and Joseph. Obviously, they're, they're in the, the stable. And then it talks about David. That, and he's on the top of the earthly food chain. Remember, he was a king. He was, he was the, the ancestor of, of Joseph that they were, and the reason they were going to Bethlehem in the first place. And then there's Jesus, who's a descendant of David. 
And Jesus is at the top of the heavenly food chain. And so right here in this one passage, we see people from all different walks of life, and they all come to the foot of the manger to worship and be in awe of Jesus. They're all in one place in a stable. And so what does this show us? It shows us that humble beginnings are not just for shepherds, but for kings too. And it doesn't matter where, you're, where you are in life, how much you make, or your social status, or, or how good you think you are, or how prideful you are, or how, how great your life is, or how bad your life is. Jesus is inviting you to the foot of the manger. Jesus showed us that you too can come to the foot of the cross. What else does this mean for you and for me? It means that you and I, we can't bypass the process. We can't bypass the process of, of humbly coming to the foot of the cross. Philippians 2.8 blows my mind because this moment where the angels come and the shepherds come, it's a sweet moment. You know, it's, it's easy to imagine, you know, that they're, they're all gathered around and, and for some reason throughout the years, you know, the nativity scene usually has the sheep and the donkey and it's cute and the kids love it and, and it's awesome. I'm sure it was a little less glamorous than that. Probably stunk really bad and was uncomfortable and, and, and all kinds of stuff that, that we just can't even, we can't even imagine because we have never been there before. But Jesus knew, even coming as that baby, that he wasn't just coming to be born, he was coming to die. And so in Philippians 2.8, it says, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And so what does this tell us? Remember, humble beginnings aren't just for some people. And so for every single one of us, from the bottom of the earthly food chain to the top of the heavenly food chain, Jesus Christ. The road to contentment is through us humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves. And the invitation is for everyone. The shepherds were called to the foot of the manger. We are called to the foot of the cross. We're called to a process of being made like Jesus and it starts with bowing our lives before Jesus in surrender, just like they did. Number three. Humble beginnings can begin at any time, at any time. And this is both kind of a scary thing and it can be a really encouraging thing for you depending on how you look at it. What does the text say? It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, which would be the shepherds, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And so humble beginnings, they don't just start at birth. They don't just start then. You know, they, God can show up in your life at any moment. And man, I'm praying for you that God shows up in your life during this Christmas season, but not just during Christmas, but throughout the year, that over and over God confirms to you that he's real and that he loves you and that he has a plan for your life. But humble beginnings, they don't just start at birth. They start in a few different ways. They start by choice, right? when I choose to bring my life into submission to Christ, when I choose to say, God, because you came for me and you wanted to be with me and you wanted to be close to me, I'm gonna bring my life into submission to your will. Because you, die, you came and you were born so that you could die and you could humble yourself in obedience to God and die a criminal's death on a cross so that I could live. God, because of that, 
I'm gonna choose to humble myself and do life your way. How else do, do humble beginnings happen? They, they, sometimes they happen when we hit rock bottom, right? And you might be there today. You came today and you're like, Joe, I'm searching. I need Jesus. I don't know what to do with my life. My life is falling apart. What do I do? And when we get to these rock bottom moments, we think to ourselves, I, I've got no other choice but to cry out to God. And you know what? I don't think, you know, I think God deserves to be more than our last resort but the really cool thing is that when God is our last resort, he still answers. Isn't that cool? That when you hit rock bottom and you've got nowhere else to turn and you turn to Jesus, you know, he doesn't say to you, oh man, you turned to me last, so I'm just not gonna listen. A lot of times that's what the devil wants you to think, that God is gonna say, well, just because you're coming now after you've hit rock bottom and after everything's falling apart, now you want me to listen to you. That's what we think God might say, but that's not what he says at all. Because when we hit rock bottom and our humble beginning came when we least expected it and we never thought we'd end up here, we never thought we'd end up with our life falling apart, guess what? Jesus says, hey, I came for you too. I humbled myself and died your death on the cross so that you could have life. Humble beginnings can happen at any time. Maybe today is your humble beginning. Another way that we can have a humble beginning is like by learning from other people's mistakes. And this is a really good way. This is the preferred way. It's like, man, you saw, you saw a family member, you saw a friend, you know, do something that just totally wrecked their life. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be wise and I'm gonna steer clear of that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Jesus first in my life. And so where are you at today? Maybe you've already <clears throat> experienced your humble beginning. Maybe you're, you've hit rock bottom and you're, you're crying out to Jesus today. Maybe you've seen you know, other people hitting rock bottom and you're like, I don't wanna go there, I don't wanna do that. Listen, you get to choose. Not always do you get to choose the moment, but you get to choose your readiness. You get to choose the fact that you're gonna be ready for when God shows up in your life and does something amazing. I love what Andrew Murray says. He says, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. And so what does this look like? We say, God, I know I can't choose when my moment comes, but I can choose to be ready for it. And I can become less and less and I can pray every single day, God, I want, I want to have a humble beginning today. I wanna put you first in my life today. I want, I want nothing else to be more important than saying yes to Jesus. I'm gonna humble myself. God, I know I have my plans, but you, you're the one that, make my, that makes my path straight, so I'm gonna trust you with my whole life. 1 Peter 5, six through seven says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. What does it say? Humble yourselves. Isn't it a good thing to, to, to humble myself instead of to be humbled? Isn't that a good thing? And man, that's my heart and prayer for you as your pastor. So much of the time, when, you know, when people come and, and they, they need counseling and they need, they need to know kind of what, what next steps, you know what I'm, I'm thinking in the back of the, my head a lot of times? Man, I wish you would have come like three years ago. Right? 
Because God's saying, hey, humble yourselves. Don't wait for circumstances to humble you. Don't wait for, you know, for, for something to happen. Be ready. When God shows up in your life in a powerful way, be ready with a humble heart. You know, think about sometimes how many opportunities we pass up when God wanted to step into our life and do something amazing, but because we weren't humble, we couldn't see it or we couldn't experience it. James 4, 6 through 10 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Some of you might say, man, Joe, that, that, that passage sounds kind of sad. I'm ne I need to have gloom instead of joy. I need, you know, what's that all about? Well, when you read to the end, you see that, man, when I humble myself, then God's gonna lift me up in honor. And we see that that's exactly what happened with Jesus. He humbled himself to the most humble of entrances into this world. And what happened? He was lifted up on the cross. He was lifted up on the cross. He died a, a sinner's death. And three days later, he rose from the dead. A few days later, he ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for you and for me to this day. Isn't that an amazing thought? And amazing things happen when you humble yourself. And Jesus is the model. Jesus is the model. Jesus didn't just talk about humility. He didn't just talk about, you know, putting ourselves last. He didn't just say, hey, the last will be first and the first will be last. He lived it. Everything about him was for you. What does that mean for you today? It means that it's time to humble yourself at the foot of the cross, to be just like those shepherds and, and to come before Jesus and bow before the King. Christmas, it's not just about the trees and, and the cookies and the lights, and oh, that's all awesome. We love it. That's, that's not the heart of it. The heart of it is coming for, for Jesus with a humble heart and saying, Jesus, you're my path to contentment. You're my path to peace. You're my path to being, to, to being lifted up in honor in your eyes. Because it doesn't matter what the world thinks. It doesn't matter what, you know, what, what is going on in my life. What matters is that I put Jesus first. And when I do that, the other things are gonna fall into order. Does it mean it's gonna be easy? No. You look at the road that Jesus traveled and, and you're like, man, it was nothing but easy. It was nothing, nothing easy about it. But he's gonna be with you. He's gonna be with you. And that is so encouraging to me today. I hope it's encouraging to you. And so what does your humble beginning look like? Is it time to humble yourself at the foot of the cross? Is it time to acknowledge that you can't do life without Jesus? If you could just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment, we're gonna have a time of response. And if that's you today, and you say, Joe, I've been through a humbling time lately. 
or Joe, I see that it's time to humble myself. And I wanna come just like these shepherds did. I wanna come to the foot of the cross and lay my life down at Jesus' feet. If that's you today, and you say, Joe, it's time for me to have a humble beginning and begin a relationship with Jesus. You might say, I knew about church, I knew about God, I've, I've heard stories about Jesus, but I've never really humbled my heart before him. And if that's you today and you'd like to, to have a humble beginning and, and, and start a relationship with Jesus today, just raise your hand in boldness today. That's awesome. Those of you that raised your hands and if you're watching online today and, and you want to give your heart and your life to Jesus, you can pray a prayer right there where you're sitting, whether it's in your living room or in this room. And you can say, Jesus, come into my heart. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you. I believe that you died for me on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. I wanna live my life for you from this day forward. I wanna put you first. Help me to understand your word. Help me to, to stay humble because I want less of me and more of you. I give my life to you, Jesus. I give my life to you. Amen. If you're here today and, and you, um, you've been coming to church for a long time, but you've just seen, you've seen some pride kind of creeping in your heart. And the, the humble posture that you used to have before God, of God, hey, lead me anywhere you want me to lead me. Lead me anywhere you want me to go. God, do anything you want me to do in life. God, my plans, I want them to be your plans. God, I wanna do what you want me to do. And, and you wanna come back to that humble posture today. If that's you, I'm gonna pray a closing prayer today. And, and you can just pray that with me. God, we lay our lives at your feet today no matter where we're at in our journey, we wanna come just like those shepherds and bow our lives before you. We lift our lives to you humbly. God, tear down the walls of pride in our hearts and in our life. God, help the pride that is in us to die so that everything that, is, that you have for us can live and thrive in our hearts. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name.